This is Sound Thinking, a podcast collaboration between Sunset Art Studios and the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. I'm Pedro Perez, and this is Alegre Ballet Folklorico. see the colors first, um, the costuming. I'm very uh, much a costume person. I like to see the way it moves. I like to see the way um, it translate, helps translate the dance along with the footwork, um, the sounds of the footwork, how are they executing the footwork. There's a lot of detail in Ballet Folklorico. There's a lot of ways that it's technically should be done. Um, to represent certain areas, certain parts of Mexico. So, um, but as a director um, of a group or a choreographer, sometimes we take some liberties on it and for, especially for theatrical pur uh, purposes, uh, for purposes of the stage or for just visual effects or sound effects, we'll tweak St certain steps here and there. So I like to watch different interpretations of Ballet Folklorico. Um, I like to create my own interpretations sometimes, but I try to stick to what the more traditional aspect is. Um, for someone who's never seen Ballet Folklorico, uh, I try to remind them that it is, these are, our, this, this, this is our culture. These are traditions that have been passed down from one person to another. And um, there's certain ways that things should be done, but of course, as I was saying, we do, we do take our liberties for, for theatrical purposes. Uh, I like a lot of color. I like to use a lot of color. I like big, vibrant colors, but it also depends on what we're putting out on stage. Uh, we recently did a more dark and um, moody uh, show, so a lot of my palette was very, was a lot of blacks, burgundies, uh, deep reds, 
on some of our costuming. Um, but of course, I didn't want to end that way. So by the end of our show, it completely changed to a lot of bright colors. It was very fast paced. It was a lot uh, happier. It was a Day of the Dead show. So we started off kind of dark and moody, but then by the end of the show, it was it was truly a celebration. It was it was colors everywhere. So it was it was not it was completely opposite of how we started. people typically uh, see or what a lot of people expect to see is a lot of uh, big skirts um, with lots of um, swirling and billowing movements with lots of ruffles um, swirling a lot of swirling a lot of twirling um, around on the stage a lot of fast movement that way a lot of footwork um, a lot of sounds with uh, uh, coming from the shoes and the and the boots um, throughout the whole thing, we you also get a lot of what we call gritos, which is the uh, the shouting and the yelling, uh, usually um, asking for more, for more music, for everyone to have a good time. Uh, but then there's so much more to folklorico, so you'll get from those fast-paced, uh, uh, big movement dances to something really simple, very very humbling, uh, more even almost ritualistic or ritual, uh, religious type dances. There's, again, there's so much variety in the music that uh, it's hard to, uh, to ever get, for me, it's hard to get bored with it. It, it. it just varies from one place to the other. With Mexico having 31 different states, and then each state having different regions, and each, <laughs> I mean, you have such a variety. Everywhere you go has its own way of dress, has its own way of music, has its own way of food. Uh, in some places, they even have their own languages. So there's so much variety. You can, I, I don't think I could ever find a reason to get bored with watching um, something from Mexico because there's just it's it's just so different every time every time you look at it.
a lot of what Ballet Folklorico is, is research. Um, because you want to represent, uh, you want a good representation of whatever those festivals are, and but it's also but it's very much interpretation as well. Uh, I've heard stories of um, maestros that go do their studies and they'll go to this they'll go to a certain village for a festival and they'll come back with recordings and music and ways of dress and saying, okay, this is how it is. This is what I got. This is what I saw. They'll come back and show their work to somebody and then they'll present it on stage and then a year later another person will go do the exact same research of the exact same town and maybe they got there earlier in the party than the other person maybe uh, the people they saw dancing were already either just getting the party started or maybe they were already way into the party or like hey <laughs> so what they saw could have been is interpreted different so when they come back and do the exact show the exact same festival the work looks completely different so it could be an, it, all interpretation of how they saw it or how they wanted to present it could just be that they just saw a different type of the festival was at different points it could have been anything so it's it's really all into interpretation Actually, whenever I am putting together choreography, I listen to the music, and I when I literally can see what I want to put on stage when I'm listening to it. It, it just sounds to me it, it sounds kind of weird when I explain that to people, but I'll hear music and I'll just and I'll all of a sudden say, "Oh, I can see people turning here. Oh, I can already this this footwork would go great right here. Oh, I think I can I can see people moving in a line around this way. They're going in a circle this way. Uh, and then I take that with whatever I know um, from the part of Mexico that we're representing, if we're representing a certain festival, if we're representing a certain harvest time, then I try to incorporate something from that as well. I've had people tell me that when they hear the music and they see the way the dancers are dressed, it reminds them of, of their parents. It reminds them when they lived in Mexico and it takes them back. Uh, I've had people tell me that they haven't been, they've been living here in the United States for years and they saw our group perform and it just took them right back to where they were a kid. And they, they just, they get emotional and, and they tell me how, how it makes them feel and uh, they get excited about it. Um, I've done some dances where they're a little bit more theatrical and 
depending on what it is that, whatever motion we're, we're putting on stage. I had one where I was trying to show uh, a couple that had just, um, I guess you could say broken up. Uh, they had gotten angry with each other and the main character of the dance walks into a bar and starts drinking. And, um, and there's other people dancing around him. And uh, some people came up to me afterwards and told me, you took me back to what, how I was, I was feeling not too long ago. Uh, that, that just brought back so many emotions because that's the exact same thing I went, to, went through. I, as soon as we broke, I broke up with my significant other, I just started drinking. And I, you know, I, it brought back those emotions to me. So thank you for letting me see you know, to, to remind me of how I was, you know, some of the things that I was doing. I try to tap into everything so that uh, it kind of draws in the audience and makes them feel a part of what it is, what, it, what we're presenting on stage. How can I get them from point A to B and make it look absolutely beautiful in two counts? <laughs> um, it's really just, it just depends. Some days everything just kind of falls into place and it was just, uh, oh, it was meant to be. This is, this is exactly how I was supposed to put this together. Then there are days where I will just struggle uh, trying to figure out how to make certain steps work or certain movements work. Where in my head I, I thought, oh, I can see them holding the, the ladies holding their skirts over this way. And then when they turn, the skirt's going to flow like this. And so it's going to look like a, almost like a, 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 another swirling design coming this way. And if they're all moving like this, it'll look like this. And then it's like, oh, that didn't look right. <laughs> so it just, it, it's... Usually, I kind of got a good, strong sense of uh, what it's going to, how the outcome's going to be, but there are times where it just, it didn't quite work out the way I planned, and so I have to find another uh, way to, to put it in there. Oh, how do I put that into words? Uh, my mother, she hates when I say that. My mother forced me to dance when I was a child. She hates when I tell people that. My mother, my mother was very, uh, I want you to go and dance. Uh, I don't want to, just do it this one time. Okay. Uh, so I danced in elementary school for three years. Uh, and then when I was leaving elementary school, I'm thinking, oh, thank you. I don't have to do this anymore. And with our luck, we were at some festival for Mother's Day and there was a professional company dancing there. Oh, let's get their name and number right now. You dance so beautifully, Miko. We're going to put you, oh, here we go again. So there I go uh, dancing with them, but I actually, once I got in with that company, I loved dancing. Once I got in front of an actual audience and, and dancing in front of people, it was a completely different thing. So I danced with them for seven years and when the company ended, uh, when they, um, when the directors just said, okay, we're done. I did try out a couple of other local companies here, um, but I didn't find the right connection with it. And I had friends telling me that I should start my own group. I didn't have the knowledge of it that I know I should have to start a group, 
but I was 18 and I figured, sure, why not? <laughs> I could do anything. I was not going to do any wrong. It was going to be easy. I mean, how hard could it be? Wow. <laughs> Just wow. Uh, from trying to figure out where to get, uh, to, get, to get the costumes, then to find the money to pay for the costumes. Music, it's not like it's music that you can find at any record store or music store. It was not, a, and there was no Spotify back then, <laughs> since 23 years ago. So there was the, the internet, it was just barely coming out. So there was no, there was nowhere for me to research, to really research these kind of things, uh, to find the, um, the materials that I needed. By luck, I went to Mexico about three years into it and met a person that showed me where to go buy costumes and things. But even that was a challenge because I live here and the guy's in Mexico City, so I'm like, how am I gonna buy these things? Where am I gonna find the money for it? Uh, seamstresses were expensive, so I taught myself how to sew, and so I make the majority of our costumes now just to, to save money out of it. Uh, of course, there goes all my, there goes my social life. But, um, but that's what uh, I ended up doing. And it did bring my appreciation. Uh, it gave me a stronger appreciation for it because I was able to, now I learned more and I see what all goes into it, not just in teaching the dance and doing the research for that. I mean, everything down to, uh, to making the clothing for it, to why is it gonna be this way? What colors am I gonna be using? What colors should I use and what colors should I not use? Uh, doing those, that research and to trying to find out all those little details. So I have a much, much more appreciation uh, for Folklorico now than I did back then. This is Sound Thinking, a podcast collaboration between Sunset Art Studios and the Oak Cliff Cultural Center. I'm Pedro Perez, and this is Alegre Ballet Folklorico.